0: Hey, everyone, just wanted to give you a quick heads up. We are splitting our podcast now. Uh, so now, yes, indeed, two podcasts. Uh, we are doing smaller pods uh, where we handle the game reviews, game previews early on in the week, talking OU football, more specifically stuff like that. And then we give our predictions for the games uh, with OU and the general bits of college football on Thursday now. So that is the new schedule going forward. So we are splitting this pot in half. Uh, if there are any inconsistencies, well, eh, that's just because we're kind of decided in post. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. Let's get this show on the road. Second and 10 for the Sooners, leading 20 to 7 late in the first half. Hurts to throw, again well protected. Good coverage this time, able to extend the play, and a man comes free. Charleston Rambo, using his speed into the end zone for the touchdown. You can only defend downfield for so long. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard, fresh off the plane from LA. Not fresh at all, I'm kidding. <laughs> With me today we got Ty Lee. Uh Ty, um here we are. We're 1 quarter through the season so far. Uh how, how do you feel after that uh, UCLA beatdown?
1: A quarter through the season is a that's a little crazy. I didn't I didn't do that math.
0: Yeah, three it, it's weird. I mean, if you think about 12 games, this is, you know, 3 and 3 times 4 is 12, so I'm I'm I, so I've been told uh I did not graduate with the maths, so
1: yeah, yeah. We'll cut you some slack since you went to uh, UCF for high school. Yeah, no, it, it, UCF. Okay. <laughs> All right. We shout don't out agree. to Ford, who was uh, really offended by that comparison. He was you offended? And he kept asking me,
0: like, "Wait, do, you do do you do? What do you hate on heritage so much?" I'm like, damn, just come on, man, chill out. And, uh, uh,
1: shout out to Ford.
0: Yeah, shout out to Ford. Anyways. um yeah, so it's it it's already kind of zipping by so quick, and so far it's kind of hard to complain. Honestly. Yeah,
1: I I think it's it hasn't zipped by, and that's crazy to think about. A quarter has been played, well, a quarter of the regular season, but uh, we haven't jumped into to conference games yet. So I don't think that many people feel like it's really speeding by, and you know, we OU has a bye week this week, so. It really feels like it's going to drag on a little bit before the season-season starts. Obviously, out-of-conference matters. Uh, We had a great out-of-conference season, but this is where championships are won. Is starting at 11 a.m. against uh, Texas Tech next week. Yeah,
0: I mean, it really is, and not only that, but if you look at the schedule... It's not going to get any tougher, especially with Tech. You know, having uh, Alan Alan Bowman get hurt, as we kind of just were inevitably waiting to happen. Um, But yeah, as is tradition, as is tradition, (laughs) Alan Bowman is out with a serious injury. (laughs) Not to get feeling better, Alan Bowman. Not to laugh at your injury, but also like, yeah, that just kind of happens. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a little light for a little bit. Uh, Obviously, you got Tech. Then we go to Kansas. Who I I, I got to ask the question right now: Is Kansas better than UCLA? Because I I actually kind of think they might be.
1: Okay, not to we'll, we'll, you know we'll who, you know this. who you're asking here. Kansas is gonna win four games. Yeah, it's I'm, that easy. Is UCLA gonna win four games? I really don't know.
0: They have not proven to me that they can score more than 14 points. Because, you know what? They've, they've scored exactly 14 points every
1: game they've played. So they're going to have to win a defensive struggle here. I don't know. Maybe if they somehow end up playing Army, not even, like, through, like, a, a 1900s, like, early 1900s bowl game situation where instead of any formal thing two teams regardless of record just kind of make a deal to play each other at some point that's very on brand for army again shout out to ford and that whole series of jokes the the army uh turn of the century jokes i don't know maybe they would have a shot at at least going to overtime if they play byu they'd probably go to overtime since that's byu's thing this season it's just that's overtime it would just be 14-14 they could beat tennessee field goals I, Really, they should somehow schedule Tennessee and just hang their hat on an SEC win.
0: <laughs> we need to have what they have in soccer where they can regulate teams down. And if you go if you go 0-3 mm-hmm. or, you know, as bad as Tennessee has been, you just get scooted down to yeah. a
1: pit. Yeah, they call the, the bottom performers. And actually that causes a lot of uh, smaller leagues to, to kind of go out of business. Well, smaller teams and corporations, they'll get... They'll get cold down and lose a bunch of revenue, and we we'll won't be able to get people. And they—it's almost a death sentence. It's European soccer is crazy. True,
0: yeah. So maybe that wouldn't work, but also, well, I mean, no, I think we should because then we could get rid of them at least just for a season. Just for the season, get rid of them, make the competition better, but have it only <laughs> be like powers that aren't good. So UCLA versus like Tennessee, Miami can be in there. Maybe Miami could win a national championship for once. Uh, Nebraska, if things get
1: bad, they can hop in there. I don't know. It, it, Ooh, Nebraska. Talk about talk about high hopes. Going back to last season, high hopes, and then just crushing reality. Honestly. And then this season, all the way up through the first half of the Colorado game, <laughs> and then just crushing reality comes back. Why does it feel like everyone besides the
0: Schooner Pod and the Schooner Blog Everyone who's been on here, everyone has been like, "Oh, Nebraska, they'll be back. They'll make it competitive." But we're just nope. we are out on them from the get go.
1: No, no. And then the Colorado win, and then just the slight glimmer of, "Oh, maybe Colorado is back." No, <laughs> no. no. Colorado there, definitely <laughs> not
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to find a big t- Big Eight team to be back, but none none of them are back except for well, us. Oh, so. you didn't leave. Though. We we never That's left. Yeah exactly we never left so that's what matters anyway let's actually break down this UCLA game a little bit um much like the other games kind of a blowout not a ton to talk about uh but you got to be impressed yet again from uh offensive perf- perspective from just an attitude perspective that they really went in focused got the job done there are little hiccups here and there but overall, offensively, completely outclassed UCLA. This was a team that wasn't nearly on the level of OU, and it showed. Um, it, I mean, just from from a program perspective to you know the actual on field product, it was it was kind of embarrassing to watch. Kind of kind of tough to be at because I mean I, I'm not going to lie, they were kind of talk. They're trying to talk some trash. One guy was. <laughs> one guy's talking. One guy in front of me was like, "You guys have a running back for a quarterback." And then our first return guy got ten yards. It was like, "Oh, cool, ten yards. We got this. We got this." And their leading rusher is a wide receiver. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it, he was the only one who did anything against us on offense. Either
1: there were a few moments of just pure athleticism by their their quarterback as well. Now his his name escapes me, but. There were a few moments where he got kind of one-on-one with with some of our corners, and on a few specific instances with Buki, who just got absolutely torched. Um, but there were a few moments where you could see, hey, this is just a better athlete going up against a worse athlete.
0: But, but in terms of that aggression, like uh, you got you, you can see exactly the type of adjustments Grinch has made here. The the, the... I felt like someone was in the backfield at all times. I've, I just feel like, at least from the defensive line and the linebackers' perspective, it was very impressive on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, um, schemes schemes looked significantly more improved defensively. Uh, when I was watching, some of the things that I was noticing was or were more just individual action things. So. Like, taking, uh, taking bad angles and biting when they shouldn't bite, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and, and arguably the worst, uh, w- when they were at their worst, it was those, you know, third and 20, second and 24 situations where they had to kind of be spread out and play coverage. Yeah.
1: yeah, and those were some of the moments where, like I was saying, you ended up in a situation where it was athlete on athlete, and you got a, I hate to use the high school rankings, but... You got a four star guy going up against our maybe one, maybe two star defender um, out on the corners and then you know, the predictable thing happens.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's something we'll probably
1: get better at and we'll or hopefully get better at. But it's yeah, and it's it's really it's something that's something that you see with every college team though. If you watch every Bama game with some of the best defenders in the nation, uh, some of the best defensive talent in the nation, just at that level, um, the difference between offense and defense is, is really great. I was, I was talking about this the other day. The big change in the NFL is is the defense. You see first-year offensive guys like Hollywood Brown and, and uh, Kyler Murray go into the NFL and, and succeed and be stars on their teams. But you're not seeing that defensively. Just the, the level of defense is a lot bigger. So you're always going to see little mistakes. But the scheme is improved, and that's the big key. Definitely. I, and a lot of
0: fans are like, "Yeah, it was okay. It's not great. Well, honestly, I, I think when the defense changed, a lot of people just expected us to shut people out, I guess. Or, I don't know. Mm. Two touchdowns, 14 points, that's not bad. And there were, I don't, don't know. get me wrong, there were issues. There were issues. <laughs>
1: That that I did expect that it's obviously still possible, but we could have shut out UCLA, I think, and we absolutely could have shut out uh, South Dakota.
0: Yeah, if we we're really going at it, we could have for sure. But um, I, I don't know. I, I think that the biggest thing, uh, offensively or defensively, my bad, is the fact that. All last year, we we're like, all we just need is a mediocre defense, and we'll be a little bit better. And I think I can safely say that this defense is at least mediocre, and that is something that I am very okay with for this mm-hmm. season. I think it'll progress to be pretty great next year. I think we'll take a big jump. But uh, I, yeah. I think next
1: th- year, next year, I think is our year. That's that's what I think because I, I, I the offense is not at the level that it's been the past two years. It is still top five in the nation for sure but who knows I don't know maybe we get a little bit worse defense with a little bit or a little bit better defense a little bit worse offense and that's the uh the magic that works I guess we'll see for sure and before we move on talk a little more of the offense
0: uh just want to talk about you know my my big standout defensively who I really was impressed with I really like Jaden Davis the cornerback is this your game Uh, ball yeah, this is my game ball. Just gonna give it to Jaden Davis. The guy was all over the field, making tackles. Uh, had actually had six solos uh, as well. Well, actually, every tackle he had was a solo. Guy was all over the field. I, I know it's cliche to just pick the guy with the most tackles, but I noticed him multiple times that game, which is something something impressive to say from sitting in the stands. Um, especially when you're kind of, yep. yeah. So it's like he, his name came up a lot. I was very impressed with him, especially out of a freshman. Uh, one of the things you brought up in a lot of the previews were, you know, having young blood come in and having new faces show up and make effort and, you know, make a lot of, you know, contributions could be good for this team. And I think Jaden Davis is leading that way of uh, these freshmen who could really tear mm-hmm. it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So my my uh, defensive game ball is going to Isaiah Thomas, the defensive lineman. Um, he obviously did not lead the team in tackling, but he had two tackles. Both were solo, had a sack, a tackle for loss, and then uh, two quarterback rushes. So he was right up there Uh, Jalen Redman had you know one more tackle uh, and one more tackle for loss but I'm gonna go with Isaiah Thomas for my defensive game ball definitely I just seeing good I know UCLA doesn't have a great line but it's the best one that we've faced this year so far and uh seeing good defensive line play from OU is just so refreshing oh
0: yeah no it has not been good since that Alabama Sugar Bowl honestly um, so really, you know, if I, I guess if you wanted to kind of give, if you could give a game ball to a unit, I would give it to the D D line because they were in Dorian Thompson, Robinson's grill, the entire game really yeah. going at him. And that's going to be the difference with this defense is getting pressure on yeah. that quarterback because it leads to more mistakes.
1: Yeah. And when you're facing two really high level athletes, like Dimitri Felton and, and Thompson Robinson in the backfield that maybe aren't coached as well as they need to be I think that's one of the big keys is they're good athletes so if you give them space they will find a way to make something happen but if you can pressure them and really get in their face I don't think that they're especially at UCLA they're not coached well enough to really be able to make a lot happen so you you know you get like a a Baker Mayfield-Kyler Murray situation where you can say, all right, we're going to get in their face and, and try to pressure them. But they have probably the best coaching in the nation for that position. And you saw that they were able to make something happen with that. So that's my my comparison to kind of tie that in. But I think that that was a really key thing because the defensive line is coming every play. Definitely. So we can't have the linebackers coming into the backfield every play. Um, and we can't have... You know, quarterback or cornerback um, blitzes like the uh, like the Texas game every play. Exactly. So the only people you can count on getting in that backfield, or that's going to be their assignment every play, is those defensive linemen. And, and to be them, or to see them able to make that happen more frequently, is is going to be really key. Especially when we start to face more difficult opponents, because um, we can make them more and more and more one dimensional. For sure, and um, you know, I he didn't. He had a
0: really good highlight, but not enough plays to really you know get get a game ball. But I really like the play of Nick Benito all season. Just wanted to shout that out. Same with uh, Ronnie Perkins, Justin Broyles. Both were really
1: good. Um, We're we're really big uh, lesser known player advocates. Oh yeah, here especially for the uh, for the Thunder. I know that's not that's a different podcast for you, but uh, yeah, big fans of underappreciated players for sure definitely and a uh, dedicated Thunder Talk pod
0: coming soon by the way little, yeah little little yeah. future future sprinkle of information you know it is it is moving off off the wagon into its own <laughs> so shout out to the people who are li- apparently would listen to both anyways let's move on to the offense the more exciting side of the ball and uh once again i mean look he, he's Obviously, going to be the talk of any game OU has this season. Jalen Hurts had another great game, Uh, 15 for 20, three touchdowns, 99 QBR. What I mean, what what can't the guy do? The guy came out, beat the crap out of a really not great UCLA team. Did it on the ground as well. Um, I mean, geez, what what else can you say? He he was evasive when he needed to be. Um, Had a little issues with the scrambling. I thought he probably scrambled a little too long in some instances, but overall, like, just another great game from the guy. It's kind of, mm-hmm. he's kind of getting boring to talk about.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think he is now, and I think it's that pre, uh, conference play kind of dip. And we haven't had a challenge. I think, I think that when we get a challenging game, or a significantly more competitive game where it's a lot more gritty and he pulls out some of the plays he's pulling out, it'll be a lot, a lot cooler and a lot better to talk about. I think right now, we're playing NCAA football on recruit mode, and we're just running up the score against generic FCS team. And I think when it gets down to those grittier things, and he can start to, because right now no one's impressed. Well, people are impressed, but when he's doing all this crazy stuff, it's like, well, yeah, it's the 0-3 UCLA, or it's, south dakota or houston so
0: w- w- and you're right it does get tough uh, just not in these next uh, cup or next two games texas K- kansas whatever but then you have ut west virginia who's garbage uh <laughs> on the road in kansas state i uh i would stay at
1: home that one is looking sneakier and sneakier every uh every week yeah, no, that is.
0: I have that circled as the biggest, you know, watch out game. You know, right after yeah. Texas,
1: Iowa State looks less and less worrisome every week, and K State just looks more and more worse. Uh, again, pre-conference play, so who knows? But I mean, they K State beat my expectations and walked into Stark Vegas and and walked out pretty convincingly, not by score, but just by overall play, pretty convincingly the, the better team.
0: I mean, I'll say this. I'm more worried about that Kansas State game than I am OSU in Stillwater. We have OSU. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Kansas oh, State, yeah. they can come from out of nowhere. Plus, last time we were in Manhattan, a way worse Kansas State team almost beat Baker. So, it, yeah. I mean, it. I wouldn't count Kansas State out. And I would definitely circle that, especially if they keep winning as a game that you should be afraid of. But anyways, let's move back on to the offense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Hurts, incredible. I, I think we kind of said all we need to say about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, really good game from a couple re- from a couple receivers. Um, I mean, obvi- it, it, obviously, the thing about OE's offense, a lot of receivers get catches, but one stood out to me. I'm going to go ahead and just give him a game ball. Uh, Charleston Rambo, five receptions, 116, two touchdowns. Guy, shocking. On, uh, yeah, I know. Track meets. I'm just saying he he was very good. I was very impressed with Rambo. Um, I know a lot of those were kind of passes where Hurts just kind of gets it out to him, but the guy mm-hmm. really is
1: developing that role he, of the speedster. He makes things happen, and he, along with CD, who's our you know bigger guy, they really make things happen as a duo. CD, I still. When you look at his stats lines, he only had one catch, um, and then he had a rush as well um, in Good this game. Stats. But um, Yeah, that's true. That is true, but when you're like, oh, CeeDee Lamb, he's probably getting all the catches, and he has the same number of catches as, shout out, uh, Drake Stoops, <laughs> and then uh, some of the freshmen, um You know, you kind of think what's up, but I I really think CD is still the big name that's getting all the coverage and attention by defenses. And I think after this game, defenses are going to start taking notice um, about Charleston and and covering him a lot better. But he just makes things happen really well. Yeah, Rambo kind of is is starting to fill that
0: DD Westbrook, Hollywood Brown role of like the guy who just goes down. Yeah, streaks Mm -hmm. down, gets you know, tries to burn everyone else. Which I, you need one of those in this OU offense, and then you have the reliable CD Lamb, who I think is a better receiver, and probably was a better receiver than um, than uh, uh, Hollywood last year. I think in terms of just all around intangibles. Um, Yeah, but honestly, you know, I, I I think that. Towards the end of the season, I think a lot of people who aren't paying as much attention to the minutia of what Ceedee Lamb does will probably start to be like, "Oh, Rambo's the best receiver." But yeah. I think I think right now I'm I'm very comfortable saying I think Rambo can be that guy who gets a lot of those big yard touchdowns, and it's cool to see that. It's cool to see someone slipping into that spot.
1: Yeah, no, it it really is, especially with the the recent lineage like you've talked about. Um, with receivers that play that specific role. And I, I just want to loop back to this one more time real quick. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that last year, C.D. Lamb was the best receiver on the team. I think that this year, hands down, he is still absolutely the best receiver on the team. And I think it's something that just surface-level fans may not notice. But I think it's definitely something that the NFL scouts are going to see and look at. You can't coach Height. You know, you can bulk him up a little bit, but he's fast, he is tall, he is bigger, he's a leader on this team, um, and when you look at his game film, he is out there giving it, you know, an effort on every play. He, When you go look at, at some of just OU's blocks the past two years, some of the best downfield blocks are by C D. So, and then, you know, he's showing his, his versatility to the, to the NFL as well and his kick returning. You can tell he's really putting in an effort there. But I do think he's the best receiver. Uh, Charles Rambo is a tremendous receiver, and I'm so glad we have him. Uh, but I don't think he's the best dude because, uh, like you said, like those intangibles are those things that maybe don't show up because they're not on the big highlight reels. They're not on the pregame intro. No one's showing a devastating downfield block. <laughs> They, the this, the they should
0: still be showing that block in the Bama game. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, just another layer of our uh, receiving game that I think it, it gets a lot of credit, but it's, it's always good to bring it back up. And this is another thing that OU has a tremendous lineage of is tight end receiving play. Grant Calcaterra, you know, a lot of people didn't notice who he was until that that Big 12 championship last year, but he has really stepped up as another leader on the offense and as a tremendous asset, and he is out there grinding every play on the blocks, on, you know, run blocking, on on receiving, on coming open, and and becoming that, you know, dump-off option along with the halfbacks and everything else for plays that kind of break down. But Calc is a, a tremendous asset as well. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, in a, in a long line of tremendous OU tight ends when it comes to, to receiving. So big shout out to him. And then, uh, you know, just to stay on the train of the receiving game, um, you know, everybody loves to see Stoops out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that got a big reaction at the Rose
0: Bowl. They did the Stoops thing, the Stoops yeah which was pretty cool
1: which is funny because some people uh, that aren't aware will hear it and ask why OU fans are booing because one of our guys just caught the ball because it on on tv and sometimes in person if you're not aware some people think it's it's booing which i think is kind of funny
0: yeah it uh, it definitely is similar to uh back when quinn and griffin used to get runs they would yell q which also confused people mm -hmm. gotta love that um yeah, no. Stoops getting
1: a catch—that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then and then we saw our our three big name freshmen each get a reception as well. Yep. So good to see. Still, um, I think it's you know still not apparent who's going to get redshirted, who's not, or if that's going to happen. But good to see. Good to see that development. And it's again like we talked about with the UCLA game uh, because UCLA is you know went rotten. This was pretty much just a look at us on primetime tv this is all about recruiting so it's good to see for recruiting the people that are in on recruiting and those high school players that are getting recruited by OU say hey that's a guy that was getting recruited last year and here he is out in LA in the Rose Bowl getting catches three weeks into the season so that's really cool to see as well um that you know that we score enough that we can play our guys, but that recruits are seeing that we play everyone as much as we can.
0: Exactly. We we you know when you come to Oklahoma, you're playing in at least big venues, I, even if the team is awful, like <clears throat> Tennessee coming up. Um, but even then, you're you're playing in these awesome venues that you know other other teams might be a little more afraid to go into. And I think that's something that uh, we, we kind of. I think we talked about this a bit last week. This was a recruiting trip, and I think we did very well with it. I think we showed very much not just how good OU is, but how that fan support is that they traveled. I mean, splitting the—it was half OU fans the entire way. It was a cool experience, something that anyone from California would have to leave feeling like this is not your typical type of place. So, I agree. I think I think this was a great weekend for recruiting. This is about as as good as it gets. Um, we we demolished them like I thought we would, and uh, that's pretty great. So
1: yeah, yeah, you know, it was tremendous for the fans as well. I I know you got to go, um, but I looked on Instagram and a lot more people went than I thought were going to go. I, a lot of uh, a lot of our friends. Yeah, no, a it, lot of people got out there to L.A. and I guess flights weren't that expensive and. You know, hung out with with Jared Leto and grilled a shitty steak and went to the game. <laughs> hey man,
0: that was, Keys, that was that was that was that was uh grill grill's fault. It did not get hot enough for the second. Every time I keep trying to grill, I deal with a crappy grill. I know the whole thing about you know don't you know never blame the tools, but these tools were terrible.
1: Yeah, uh, I can personally it, attest to, to the week one grill situation, which needs to get fixed prior to this. 11 a.m. game because we are going to have to have breakfast
0: yeah and we are going to have to do it with a grill um so get get on that said parties who should be listening to this uh, by requirement <laughs> you know who uh, you are for legal yeah. reasons we're not going to mention you for good reasons we'll not mention you but whoever you are you need to know it um <laughs> but yeah no actually the the steak wasn't bad i seasoned it pretty good um keys actually said i rated it way too low so that there we go I, I, I thought it was a good steak. So, anyone who doesn't know about that, follow me at bhoward47 for my morning steak reports every home game, because I am sure you want to see those.
1: You know what? We need It needs to move over to the Instagram. I, we may cut this segment when, when you it. Oh, we're not going to cut
0: this segment. We're, we're keeping um, this in. It should be on Instagram, though.
1: Yeah, stake report needs to move to
0: Instagram for branding,
1: so our That's, three loyal followers can yeah. see it yeah no
0: the um the instagram is definitely a bit of uh you know my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard meme where he brings the uh like speaker out and they're like three people hopping
1: in the courtyard (laughs) Yeah, it's like the the dancing crab meme but there's only like one dancing crab whatever, whatever 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 ty drops some hot memes on the instagram page I'm waiting for like it to go viral. Following them. Those are what? quality. You are not They're, seeing. They are good memes. I'm not, just try, I'm not trying to hype our own thing up, but like, no. I, for have, real. I literally have not seen better niche OU football memes anywhere else but our page. There is the quality of memes that you see for OU football listeners. This is going to be a soundbite that goes on the Instagram for no one to see. But the quality of memes for OU football is boomer Facebook level. And we're out there, like I'm out here with cutting edge stuff. I like you guys do not understand how many high school meme accounts I follow, and I, how many 18 year olds I talk to every day to have my memes cutting edge. We've been posting memes that went viral before they went viral, specific to OU football, into the Big 12, and to just college football in general. Like it, it, we need followers on this page. Like this page, does it's just going to be pictures of steak, travel. In cutting-edge memes that are yes. actually funny. It's not just a picture of a football that says, like, misspelled Texas sucks or some shit like you're going to get on closed Facebook groups that complain about the student section leaving you to the bars or blowing out South Dakota.
0: Yeah, we, we are giving you the filet mignon of, of funny OU com- content, so please check that out. It's good. At Insta Schooner, hit it up. Hit us with a follow. You might be entered... Well, I might do another uh, giveaway where I, I pay the followers uh, <laughs> instead of paying the people who produce content. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, it didn't do didn't do great last time. So either way, let's move on. Follow Insta Schooner. It's great. Um, all right. So uh, before we go, who is your game ball for the offense?
1: My offensive game ball is going to go to this is. Very on brand, uh, underappreciated or unknown players, Ramondre Stevenson. We put him in and he went to absolute work. He only got one touchdown, but he was out there putting in 1000% on every play. He went in in garbage time, so he was out there getting, you know, plays that weren't designed to do anything but burn clock. So when you look at his stats, um, Sorry, I just lost him for a second. Uh, when you look at his stats, he was nine carries for 37 yards. So you see that, and you're like, eh, I'm not that impressed. Because, uh, you know, average 4.1 and one touchdown. His longest run was only nine yards. But if you go back and just watch his game film or watch some of the highlights, he was out there grinding. I don't know if he's on scholarship. He, he looked like a you know dude that was getting his chance to pitch why he should be. Um, and I don't know how much eligibility he has. Let me click on him. Uh, so he's a junior, um, but he was just—he was out there wilding out. Like he was out there showing, "This is who I am. I can play at this level against these athletes." I was very impressed. Yeah, I was
0: impressed too. And I've—I've kind of mentioned him a little bit, you know, throughout the weeks. But the guy really—I he, mean, he—he he is the absolute garbage time killer. He comes in and just murders these guys who are tired. And it's awesome, and you know, honestly, I think he's probably would he probably would do great. And I'd love to see him get more regular burn. But the guy is absolutely just awesome
1: as a running back. I think no, he's, that's that's what you want to see. Like we need it's, it, that depth in in effort and caring. Like for him to go out there and for nine carries, thirty seven yards, give it his all, even when he knows it's garbage time. You know, that's that's his moment to shine, but. Realistically, he is, you know, two plays away from being the starting running back. We can have two plays that go bad, and he's our man. So it, it's great to see, you no know, matter what the talent level, someone that's going to work that hard.
0: Yeah, he had more. He had more carries than Sermon or Brooks. Um, it, so, yeah, well, I mean, like, they were they, they were, were trading yeah. off,
1: and they have to split theirs with with Hurts. Ramondre yeah. went in with Mordecai. Uh, yeah, but yeah.
0: I would like to see the run game get expanded more and that includes seeing more Mondre Stevenson. I that guy's awesome. He's yeah. he's really good, so that's I think that's a worthy game ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, when we don't it's when we don't have real like big game winning moments, um you gotta give it to to somebody like that, I because you know yeah. I'm not, not trying to dog on yours, but you oh, know no, Rambo. No, yeah. Everybody knows that Rambo, you know, went wild for sure. This game. So yeah, I just I just picked. You know I just yeah went, I know yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah, a good pick. Sure. But, yeah,
0: yeah, and he there's... did. He
1: he probably realistically, if he were to say he was the top performer on the offense, that's not. no if I said, said Jalen Hurts, you could dog on me there. Well, I mean, you could really make the argument that he was too, but but yeah, that's like not
0: too special.
1: Either way, either way.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty good game from OU. looking forward to the bye week and whatnot. So um, yeah, hey, everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great. but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, and then once you have that edited, anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the schooner pod. Do we have a uh, take a lap for the week? Uh, Who? Who uh, mm. have you noticed? Like should probably take that lap. I I actually have someone to
1: kind of point out. So we didn't we didn't really cover this. Uh, I'll let you cover yours. But is the take a lap for the week? Are we going to have that tied to the OU game or just the whole like this week in college football? It could be anyone. Yeah, I'll. Because uh... obviously perpetually it's Dana Holgerson. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> It could be okay so let's let's
0: actually let's set let's some let's set some ground rules for the ticket lap it can't it 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 can be to everyone for college football, but it has to be like for something
1: someone did it has so, to be so like like last week with the the south Dakota thing,
0: yeah, or yeah or like uh like like you said the guy in the d m s or it could even be like. We wouldn't do this because I've mentioned it in writing before, but it'd be like, yeah, you stupid people in the south or north end zone, throw the ball out. You take a lap.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, that's a
0: fair one. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a, a perpetual one for people who fuck that up. Um, but like, it could be just you know any, anyone. So like, just other random people who should take a lap. So so
1: who's your take a lap for the week?
0: Okay, so my take a lap for the week. Uh, it, I gotta say. I've seen a lot of college football games all around wherever, but no place had a weirder intro than UCLA. They had these crappily CG boomer and sooner with a schooner out there and this bear just like slowly like moving towards them. And then he jumped on them. There was a scuffle and one of them, I know they were trying to make it look like he was riding one of the horses, but did not look like he was riding them. In the way that they did <laughs> so yeah. The, and then one CG uh, other horse pig was looking on in horror as all of us were just really confused at why they had the bear do that, violate our poor pony. But um, yeah, so take a lap, UCLA graphic guy. That was a terrible idea. What were you
1: thinking? Get a cooler intro. So my my take a lap for the week and I hate to, to kick them while they're down or to beat a dead horse, but my take a lap for the week is the UCLA, or just the <laughs> University of UCLA, I guess, which that's redundant, the university, university of California, Los Angeles. But my take a lap for the week is UCLA, <laughs> who <laughs> literally gave away free tickets <laughs> to a home game <laughs> against a team that's almost 2,000 miles away and still had the team 2,000 miles away show up with like 10 times as many fans as they did. And they are a major D1 athletic per- They're the largest market for merchandise in all of college sports. And they gave away free tickets and could only get quite literally dozens of people to come to the game on their behalf. The,
0: they got like 55,000. They could, they Total. Could with- Allegedly, yeah, total allegedly could barely fill Boone Pickens Stadium,
1: but I I just looked at it. Apparently, actual attendance was close to so they gave out or seventy five thousand tickets were accounted for. So I'm gonna assume that that's the max capacity of that. Max is like ninety. Did they change? So they they gave out like seventy (laughs) five thousand were accounted for at some point. Yes, Um, which probably includes like season ticket holders and and stuff like that, and then they throw out a number around fifty something thousand that I guess were sold. So I'm going to assume that's like claimed because the actual attendance is quoted to be around 33. Yeah,
0: which is still that still seems like a low.
1: 33
0: is a bit low. I I I wouldn't say I thought it was. That's how
1: many people came in with tickets according to what I just read. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, I maybe I that's go. only on behalf. No, there's no way there were thirty-three thousand people cheering for UCLA. No, no,
0: thirty-three is so low. Like there, there were more than. Like it's a big stadium, so people kind of get swallowed up in it. But um, I thought it was. I thought, it, it was. A, it was a decent crowd for what it was. OU wise, but wow, yeah. UCLA, oh no, no, like, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thirty. Thirty-three
1: showed up to San Diego last week. Um, actual attendance was 52 578 yeah
0: also take a lap whoever came up with the logistics for the rose bowl and didn't tell anyone that if you were going to like uber in you then would have to walk a mile out of the out of the stadium to get an uber back out uh so yeah thank you so much for that one guys. at least
1: it's not the dart
0: at least it's not what the dart Well, I see. I'm. Are you dart dart. fan? I'm okay with the dart. I I know that's that is a hot take.
1: Getting to the game with the dart is so easy. So you're you're pro. You are pro dart, but you are anti OKC streetcar. Just to to clarify for situational awareness.
0: Oh, okay. Well, this will definitely not be used against me (laughs) at some point. Uh, Yeah, I'm pro dart, anti OKC streetcar because at least dart makes sense. It has a dedicated lane. It gets you to the game fast. Dealing with OU Texas traffic, getting to the game is awful. But if you hop on the Dart, you get there, you're good. Touchback gonna... is a
1: disaster of a, of a story. Don't get me wrong. but This is around the 40-minute mark. I'm just going to remember this for when <laughs> Thunder season starts and you start using the streetcar to get from your apartment to all the games and back. I'm not going to not use it. I'm just gonna be very. <laughs> I I can complain about it. I still
0: gonna, use it. <laughs> I'm gonna use it daily. I'm just gonna complain the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. It, well, I. Yeah, it's just it's a mess. But I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with getting to the games for, for for dart. But here's a little tip. My here's a little tip, listeners, as uh, people call you, um, <laughs> which is it, it's always funny how you and Blake address them. You go, you go, oh. Yeah, listen. Take a d- listen to this, tent listeners. <laughs> that was not a Thai impression. That was that, pretty clear. <laughs> that, that was that was a play impression, um, not a particularly good one. But either way, um, so yeah, if if you're going with the dart, either leave the game early, which I do not recommend, or just hang out at the fair and either. Uh, spend the rest of your coupons in jubilation or like i did last year spend them in sorrow but spend spend your coupons have a little extra just 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 wait for the traffic to die down and then take the dart and your time will be a lot 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 better than having to wait through that line because you are gonna wait through there anyways
1: yeah that's clearly the move yeah to a uh, post game at the fair win or lose
0: yeah, it's it's not a losing is not fun, but you know what also isn't fun waiting in line like a bunch of cattle. Yeah, so at least at least you can get some relatively cheap Bach in your hand. So, <laughs> all right, so we obviously do not have a game to pre pre talk for this week, so let's just kind of talk about some weird stuff that happened around college football. Um, Ty, what 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 what, do you, what was your favorite thing you saw? this weekend in college football. Or so, do you have anything to bring up that you thought was particularly <laughs> ridiculous?
1: I mean, first of all, I was shocked, shocked, I tell you, to find out that Houston versus, versus uh, Washington State was not in fact a Big 12 game. And I was further shocked to find out that neither team is in the Big 12. <laughs> um, which just blew my mind. Because uh, I totally thought that they both were. Um... Major L for Michigan State <laughs> this guy. week with the 12-man kick making it and then coming back and missing the exact same kick uh, to lose to my Arizona State Sun Devils. Never doubted you guys. But, <laughs> Never in doubt. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of a lot of occurrences. Everyone knows how I feel about the college game day at Ames, which apparently God felt the same way because he did everything he could to make sure that game didn't happen. <laughs> uh but it did shout out to the iowa state student section who when it started hailing did not abandon their seats um those guys are the real mvps because OU student section just looks for any reason to leave <laughs> that's true
0: you can't rain you cannot uh have a weather delay on the bars yeah
1: so. uh other happenings this week shout out to everyone knows and loves the uh Captain Boat and Blake Crowley, the the pirate out on the the gambling seas, he uh, quite literally robbed Vegas blind for a total of five dollars and sixty five cents. <laughs> They're
0: really hurting, man. They're really hurting.
1: Who Blake really jumped into the the group chat <laughs> with Rob Vegas Vegas blind like we couldn't check action network. It's all a
0: total of five dollars. Uh, yeah. Uy. Hey, hey, I mean, you had a you had a decent week in the weekend spread, but
1: Yeah um, <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Uh I'm yeah. trying to think through uh it, it's, it's UC, been a... or USC U- loss. U- yeah, again. shout out
0: shout out USC, a bunch of clowns. Come on. Like yeah. seriously. Uh, it's I, all really coming together for Herman. I yeah, I mean he said here I, I, I knew this game was doomed the second he said, or, like around like I think it was Wednesday he said something to the effect of uh, i really he miss misses it yeah. yeah he misses coaching football and then usc goes and blows it so clay helton I, I i'm sorry man it's predestined your players
1: your players are playing for urban they're they're playing the long game yeah, yeah. uh other notable happenings <laughs> when i looked at the voting results for the ap poll that just came out i'm not sure who it was but someone had michigan at number 2 <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> Which is
0: day just, of portnoy barstool sports
1: <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> or what was his uh his disguise name that he used to sneak into the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what was it i, I, I can't remember. i forget what it was it, it was great it was like nave portnoy or something <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah so he just it was very cheesy
0: it, it, it was um, it was very weird
1: but yeah big shout out to they lost this game when it happened, but I'd never heard of this. This is really neat. Big shout-out to Iowa State, who in the 70s once wore uniforms against Iowa that instead of saying Iowa State said beat Iowa. That's a really cool move for rivalry games, I think.
0: Definitely. It was Franny Lydon, by the way. That was his <laughs> Portnoy's fake name? That, that, yeah. was a, that was a fake Portnoy name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it was, but someone had Michigan at two. And I think the same person had LSU at one, and I was just... Okay, that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. What, did Les Miles
0: somehow get in there? He went to Michigan. He's just <laughs> Kansas number nine. <laughs> He's just, yeah, two and one sure. Kansas at nine. <laughs> we really liked their grit against Boston College.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah oh, no, yeah, that, that Kansas game was... Eh, I can't believe they actually pulled that thing off. The ACC, you're, you're canceled. What a disastrous weekend for them uh i mean they had two teams lose to our two worst teams west virginia and kansas
1: well i don't know the big 12 is we'll see when bowl season comes but the big 12 really are it's a i think the middle of the big 12 has not changed but the fact that kansas is now nationally competitive is really what is getting the big 12 a lot of respect i think it's a lot more well-rounded than it used to be. Yeah, so the, the bottom is kind of pulled up into the middle and it's really OU step down Texas step down and then you know, we'll see when conference play starts, but it looks like everyone else is pretty solidly right there. I really do not I could know. see Kansas State beating Oklahoma State this year. I could see them, you know, doing some some crazy things. I can see Kansas being competitive against uh, like TCU and stuff this year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season for Big Twelve football. If you're just a Big Twelve fan in general, shout out to Blake Crowley, who is a Big Twelve fan. To,
0: he's been to twenty percent of the uh, universities. This is true, and act- and has a even, connection to literally all of them. He he, so. he, he has either uh, attended university at or written a blog for thirty percent of the universities. So there you go. He, he's he's yep. truly a, a a very worldly Big Twelve fan. Um, he's the only Big Twelve. He's the only person who can chant Big
1: Twelve, Big Twelve. but mm-hmm. He never would.
0: It's like there's there's one like true
1: champion and there is also one true fan of the conference. <laughs> it's Blake. The only <laughs> Big Twelve, the only conference where Blake goes to every school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just means more to Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, uh, do you have any significant notes? Oh, kind of cut out there. Okay, do, do you have any significant notes for this past season? I mean, a, another big shout out to the Sad Boy Hours for Nebraska when ESPN released their very uh, subjective 150 best college football teams ever. Um, really sad times for Nebraska fans <laughs> who read that one.
0: Yeah, I think cuz they had really
1: they were really high on Nebraska and I think they were really unrealistically high on USC as well for some of the teams but yeah it's
0: I think they'll get back to it. I and I think they'll not I think they'll get to a bowl and everything this year. I just don't think
1: Yeah, I think they'll at least make a bowl this year.
0: I think people were just jumping all all, all over them too soon, which is people I mean that makes sense because you know that's just kind of how sports are, but I don't know. I, I think Nebraska still has a little bit, a little bit more to go as we've clearly seen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's weird times in college football, man. I'm gonna it's, look It's been up. a fun season. Yeah. It's been a fun season. I feel like there are a lot of a lot of teams that are. I wouldn't say in it, but Alabama and Clemson don't look as dominated as they as they've had as they have been. Uh, they're st- probably still going to make the playoffs, but
1: I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's I a do th- more... I think Clemson's Clemson's sneaky. Really, if someone is looking, this is I'm looking at the the AP top twenty five right now, and Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, OU as the top five in the AP. You can't really argue that. Clemson's the defending champs. You know Bama's good. Georgia, unproven, but you know they're good. LSU, I mean, I'll, I'll concede the number four spot because they have a top ten win on their record. They're the only ones that have that. So you got to give them maybe some props for that. OU at five, obviously. But then, like, Florida is number nine still. <laughs> and Florida's eight in the coaches, poll which yeah, is just nuts. absurd. Michigan is 10 in the coaches poll, 11 in the AP. Wisconsin. I literally I don't think a single person has scored on Wisconsin all year. Yeah.
0: I mean, Wisconsin has looked really good. We'll literally
1: Wisconsin has lane. won 49 to 0 and 61 to 0. No one has even scored on them this year and they're not even in the top 10 and we're going to have Florida up here at at 9. Which is absurd.
0: Uh, Florida is overrated. I, Texas. I do, think, I do like the. I, I like their new co- uh, quarterback better than Felipe Franks. But
1: I Notre know. Dame, who's probably going to have a four-loss season, <laughs> Auburn, who's going <laughs> to lose at least three games, Florida, who might not even win the SEC East, Utah, Michigan, and Texas are all ranked above Wisconsin, which is absurd.
0: Yeah, well, Wisconsin's going to get a chance to uh, show themselves this weekend, though. Big game against Michigan.
1: Uh, yeah, against Michigan, I, which I think will be a good game, and I think Wisconsin wins. I don't even know where it is, and I think Wisconsin wins that. I
0: think it's it's in Camp Randall, so they we'll, we'll we'll
1: we'll get to that when. This we, is a uh, good segue into picks.
0: Yeah, let's let's segue right into picks. That sounds great. Yeah. <music> Just kidding. Our picks part of the podcast will be coming up on Thursday. So hold on just a little bit longer and uh, make sure to listen to that. If you aren't already, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcast, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all over the place. Also hit us up on uh, social media, InstaScooner uh, at the schooner blog on Twitter, Facebook. We're all over the place. Make sure to follow that so you can keep track of our content And other than that, thank you so much for listening and understanding, and we hope to see you on Thursday when we talk about our predictions. So, uh, boomers sooner.